All right, what up, fam? What up? It's the Cold Case here. The Cold Case Files you're tuning into. So, uh, I'm just back with episode three. Excuse me, I'm yawning a little bit. Feeling a little bit tired today. And it's, uh, it's a decent day out here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And if you don't know who I am, I am a rapper, an entertainer, well, up-and-coming rapper from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, enter- entertainer, and I uh, got a family of hip-hop stars here, I'm the father, again, my name's Cold Case, C-O-L-D-C-A, money sign, E, check me out on all the streaming platforms, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, I'm everywhere streaming right now. Got an album dropping on uh, the 14th of this month. If you're here for the contest, let me tell you about the rules real quick. So uh, we are the IRA family. We are the first family of hip hop. We are, I'm dad, cold case, again, C-O-L-D-C-A, money sign, E. Then there's mom, that's mean streak. M-E-A-N, next word, money sign, T-R-E-A-K. Then there's C-Money, that's our oldest. He's a 12-year-old rapper, writes his own music. He's really actually good. Got to check his check his music out. It's out on Spotify. He's getting ready to drop his album this month, too. Got a few singles out right now. But uh, he spells his name, money sign, sent sign, um dash lowercase m-o-n-e-y money sign and uh again that's c money then there's uh baby gangster he's our youngest he's 10 years old again he writes all his own music selects his own beats he's actually he and his brother are making their own beats right now so I predict these kids to go pretty far with this uh, rap career for sure because they're actually good. I mean, you know, they're they're kids, but they're writing their own music. And, uh, you know, some of it may be a little edgy and controversial. It is explicit. You know, there is profanity. So if you get offended by that stuff, I would recommend you not listen to them. But... They do have some good jams out. You know, they, they lived the tough life with all of us. And if you've been following through the podcast, you know a little bit about myself. And you're going to learn more about my family. So all of us, we form, again, the first family of hip-hop. We call ourselves the IRA, Irish Rapping Americans. That's what that stands for. We're all Irish, and we all represent the Berg. We record at um, ID Labs. That's where Wiz Khalifa started out at. That's where Mac Miller was recording at. So all of our music is really on point. And uh, got a great engineer over there. Uh, Big shout out to Diggs. So getting back to the contest. If you're here for the $500 contest, you got to listen to the whole episode. So that's how that works. You're not going to get the info Right up front, you gotta listen to the whole whole episode. Each episode of the podcast, I'm gonna give you a code word or a number sometime in the podcast. And I'll pause, I'll tell you what it is real quick. You write that down, 
then you're going to go on the Spotify on October the 14th and stream my EP. I got an EP I'm dropping called My Story. There's going to be three tracks on it. It's going to be My Story is the first track. Then there's going to be Uncivilized in 99 Years. Not in the exact order, but those are the three tracks. You're going to pick the song that you like the best. I want you to listen to all three songs. And you got to, I know if you listen to the album, because I can see the statistics through Spotify artists. So I will be looking at those stats. Another way I'm going to know if you listen to the album is you not only are going to have to take this code or this special word that I'm going to give you with each one of these podcasts, you're going to have to match that word with a lyric, a line, a verse from the song that you like from that album. And then you're going to DM me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the real cold case. And I spell case out on Instagram with an S, not a money sign. They won't let me put a money sign. So it's just at the real cold case. And that's my Instagram handle. You're going to DM me when my album drops on the 14th at midnight. You're going to have up till the 18th. You can collect as many of these codes as you can. But it's only one code Per podcast. So say I have 10, 15 podcasts out by then, you could have potentially 10 to 15 codes, but you will also need 10 to 15 verses from the song. You get what I'm saying? Or multiple songs. It doesn't have to just be one song. It could. If you like two songs, it could be from two songs. If you like all three songs, it could be from all three songs. But it has to be a verse from one of the songs in conjunction with the code that I'm going to give you in these podcasts. So if you're here from the beginning and you're listening to these podcasts, you could get a jump start on this. You can take notes on these words. You can write them down. I would recommend not sharing them with anybody because why do you want to give your opportunity away for $500 cash? Now, why am I giving away $500 cash? Here's why. Because I am going to be another type of artist. I'm going to give back to my fans. If you're going to invest your time into my music, into my podcast, I'm going to give back to you. You know, everybody be listening to all these big artists. Megan Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj, The Baby, Lil Baby, Jack Harlow, Eminem. What have any of these fucking artists given back to their fans? Really, think about it. What have they given back to you? Nothing. At the end of the day, you get nothing back. You listen to them. You stream their music. You pay them money. You buy their merch. Do you get anything back? Do you get anything for free? No, you don't. So, I want to be a different style of an artist. I really want to give a fuck about my fans. I want to care about everybody that's going to help me get successful. And if y'all help me get successful, I'm going to pay you back for that. And I'm going to start giving away Big prize money, cash money. Now I see some other up and coming artists trying to do stuff like this. 
They be giving away like microphones and stuff. Look, you can get that stuff from China. I know you all ain't stupid. I mean, you could get that stuff from China for like twenty, fifty dollars. I'm giving away five hundred dollars cash. And the drawing's gonna happen on the 18th on Instagram Live. I'm gonna go live on the 18th. And I will let y'all know in the last podcast before then what time the live Instagram will happen. I'm gonna go live. I'm gonna announce the winner live. Whoever has the most entries will get, you know, will win. Now, obviously, if. There's multiple people with the same amount of entries. We're going to put everybody's name into a hat. And we're going to draw the name out of the hat on Instagram Live. So you're going to see me do it. So there's not going to be no funny business. Somebody's legitimately going to win $500 cash. Now, I'm sure y'all can do a lot with $500 cash, right? I mean, $500 cash is a lot of freaking money. Maybe you got some rent due. Maybe you want to buy a new gaming system like the new PS5 or the Xbox X series. Maybe you want a new pair of kicks. Maybe you need to pay a car payment. Maybe you're down on your luck and you just need some food. I mean, $500 cash is a good amount of money. And all you got to do is just support me and I will support you. That's how this is going to work. You support me, I support you. Kind of like a, you know, an eye for an eye. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. You know what I'm saying? So you listen to my podcast every day or week or whatever, however many I drop. You listen to the whole podcast because I'm not going to give out the word or the code at the beginning of podcast. I can tell you that right now. So you're not going to get the word in the first five minutes of the podcast or the first ten minutes. But maybe you will one day. I don't know what I'm going to do. may change my mind. You're not going to get it at the very end either. So don't think that you're going to like, you know, skim through the podcast trying to get the word. Because it's going to be sleek, sneakily snuck in there. And I'm going to do it quick. So pay attention. Now, what you're going to do, like I said, is take that word. Write it down. Don't share it with anybody. Why would you want to give your friends or somebody an opportunity to win your money don't do that keep that for yourself wait for that album to drop my story you got to go on spotify though has to be spotify okay even though i'm on apple and i'm on all the other streaming services i want you to go to spotify and i want you to stream my album on spotify and i want you to take one verse from that album and then i want you to screenshot the um the song that you're listening to too so i can see you're on spotify i want you to send me a screenshot and i want you to send me a verse and the code that i'm gonna give you through these podcasts and again you could have numerous codes and you just have to select numerous verses but The three most important things in order to qualify for the $500 giveaway, you got to screenshot the screen to show that you're you're streaming my shit on Spotify. You got to select the verse from the song from that particular album. 
And then you got to make sure you have this code from this podcast. So it's all going to kind of work together. Then on October the 18th, I will announce the winner on Instagram Live. And someone will win $500 cold cash money. So this is my this is to my fans. You're my biggest fans who's listening, who's taking their time to invest in my life. I got a crazy fucking life. And that's why I'm making music. Because I used to live a gangster ass life. And I don't live that way no more. So, you know, I clean my shit up. Been in and out of prison. Been raided by the feds. Been raided by the AGs, attorney generals. Been set up by best friends. Lived life in the fast lane. But now I'm living a good life. I'm a father of two awesome children and a wife. And we're all making music. Now here's another thing. My whole family, the whole IRA... They're all going to cop on this podcast here. We're going to have Mean Streak do a Mean Streak podcast. And then you're going to get a code from Mean Streak. And you're going to get to stream some of Mean Streak's music. So I would suggest for everybody to go check out all the other artists in the family right now after this podcast. So you can get up to date on all of our music. Because whenever you get that code from these other people in our family like Baby Gangster, C-Money, Mean Streak, you could use that code and a verse from one of their songs as an entry into this $500 giveaway. So you're going to have plenty of opportunities to win yourselves $500 cash. And that's a lot of money. And look, this ain't going to be a one-time giveaway. We're going to keep doing this. I want to grow a fan base. And I'm going to give it back to the fan base that we're growing. So if you're taking your time and you're on here and you're listening to my stories and you're listening to my life. And I've lived a pretty unbelievable life. But everything that I'm telling you is the honest to God truth. It is what happened to me. None of this is scripted. I'm just talking right off the top of my head. And this is me. This is who I am. And not only has fucked up shit happened to me. Fucked up shit has happened to my family too. Because they was there with me. They lived this life. Part of this life. I mean, they weren't back in like the 90s when a lot of the shit that I'm talking about happened in the 90s and the early 2000s. But, you know, the my boys weren't around then because they're only 10 and 12. And then my uh, my wife, she wasn't around neither. I met her in the early 2000s. We've been together almost 20 years. So she's been my ride or die since about 2002 2003 been together like 17 18 years but i encourage everybody to go stream the music that's what this is all about too i want y'all to stream the music i want you to listen to the music and you may not like it you may love it it's not gonna be for everyone like i said but again We're trying to make a fan base here.
We're trying to build something up. And we want to give back to all of you that are going to come along for the ride. So I think I spent enough time on that. Let's get back into my stories. My last podcast, I talked about LSD. I was slinging LSD back in like the late 90s, like 98. I started getting some LSD, 99. Picking up valves of liquid LS amber, amber LSD. $60 valves. I'm transporting shit from Columbus, Ohio back to Pittsburgh. Riding back, riding dirty, as Camellia Air would say, I'm riding dirty, riding dirty. So, I used to pick up some valves of acid. I'd buy them for $60 a valve. I'd bring them back and I'd make sugar cubes with them. If you listen to the last podcast, you know what the sugar cube is. It's an LSD-laced sugar cube. Sugar cube is what you put on your coffee or your tea. You can buy them in the store. We also put the LSD on stamps. We also put the LSD on blotter paper. But we made our own stamps, blotter paper, and sugar cubes. Now, I ended up selling decent amount in LSD, but as I was telling you in the last episode, LSD is not really that profitable. So what's profitable is cocaine. Now weed, weed's all right. Weed's pretty profitable, but it's like this. When I was buying pounds from my cousin Chester, as I was telling you, when my cousin Chester started serving me up at like 16, I was getting two pounds for three G's. Three G's means three three grand, three stacks, three thousand. So I may use some street language here, but I'll try to, you know, explain it to you if you're not familiar with these terminologies. I know some of you may not be, but I'll try to explain it to you. So if I'm buying a pound for $1,500, that's what it breaks down to. And just a straight, real quick recap, rewind. There's 16 ounces in a pound, right? I'm selling those ounces for 30, I'm sorry, I'm selling those eighths for $30 an ounce. There's eight eighths in an ounce. 30 times eight is 240. So I'm making $240 off an ounce of mids. Mids were mid-grade weed. Better than Reggie's. Remember I said Reggie's? Brian had Reggie's. Like brick weed. Mexican weed. That was Reggie's. Okay. Mids were a step up from that. They were fluffy. They were green. Nice smelly. Almost KB. During Christmas time we would get some bud called KB we would call it. Kind bud. That's what we used to call it back in the 90's. So now... With the bud that I was getting from my cousin Chester, I was able to sell for 30, 35, and eighth. Everybody else was only getting 25 and eighth because of it being Reggie. But for an extra five dollars, you're getting better bud, right? You're getting the bet, you're getting the good bud, the mid-grade bud. Now, so thirty dollars an eighth, let's say, times eight, two forty an ounce. Two forty an ounce. 
times that by, you know, 16. I don't have a calculator on me real, real quick, but it's $3,000 plus, you know, it's 2400 on 10 ounces. And then another like six of those, 12, you know, um, over $3,000 a pound, like almost $4,000 a pound. So I'm doubling my money on every pound, but I'm only making $1,500 plus a pound. And that's a lot of foot traffic too. Selling a whole pound an ace. Remember now a pound 16 ounces. I'm breaking that down into ace. And I'm selling ounces too. But mostly ace and quarters. I mean it's a lot of foot traffic. I mean eight, ounce, eight ace in an ounce. Eight times 16. I mean that's damn... <sighs> 80 plus eighths, I mean, 100 eighths, that means I got to serve up like 100 people, or I got to serve weight, so I started pushing more weight, because like I told you before, how I avoided getting popped for a long time, and I eventually got popped, and I mean, anybody that's selling drugs for a super long time will end up getting arrested or in trouble eventually. I mean, it's just bound to happen. I mean, it mostly, there's a good chance, 95% chance it happens. Some people get out of the game and never get popped. Look, I was knock on wood. I was lucky enough to never get caught selling cocaine and crack because I eventually moved from selling weed to selling harder shit, like I said, cocaine and crack. So I was making two thousand, let's say, dollars a pound. So if I'm copping two pounds, I'm saying copping, I'm picking up two pounds, I'm making about maybe five thousand dollars profit on two pounds. But I'm like a lot of people are in and out of my house. A lot of people know me around the town as the weed man. Weed is stinky. So even when you got it in your car, it's hard to conceal. So it's a lot of work too. I mean, you know, you know, you got to like deal with a lot of shit. I mean, and again, even back in the 90s, the shit wasn't legal. I mean, there was no medical marijuana. So, I mean, you get busted selling weed, you're going to go to jail. I mean... Bottom line, I mean, they're going to arrest you. You're going to go to jail. You're going to get possibly a trafficking charge if it's over a certain amount of weight. And you're like driving around with pounds broken up into ace. Huh? You're going to get hit with trafficking, son. That's what they do. They hit you with trafficking and distribution charges when you break it down like that and you roll around with they sin you i mean you almost got to because you got people calling you all day long i mean these weed heads they want to smoke weed and then once one person finds out you got good weed it's like the same thing with any drug when somebody finds out you got good shit they tell them friends, and their friends call them friends, and then all of a sudden you got strangers calling you. Well, I ain't never serving up no strangers. That's one thing I ain't do. But I did serve up quite a bit of fucking shit, and I was constantly busy. My beeper, I used to have a beeper now back in the 90s. This is before the cell phones. Eventually I had the flip phone and shit, but 
I had the beeper going off. The beeper, we used to use a pager. So what we would do is we would have a special code for like different drugs, right? So like the code for weed would have been 420. That's just the fucking weed code, 420. So somebody wanted some weed, it would be 420. We also had a code for LSD. Can't remember that one right now. It may come back to me, but it's three numbers that if you turn the numbers upside down, I think it's like seven, three, um, seven, three, eight or something. It looks like LSD if you turn it upside down, something like that. Um, so that man LSD. And then if they wanted cocaine, that would be something else. That would be like, you know, a different code. So all the codes were how we knew who was what. And how we talked to people was through pay phones. There was pay phones at the malls. There was pay phones at the gas station. So we stopped. We used a pay phone. Called a motherfucker back on a pay phone. Yo, what up? What you need? All right, boom, bam, bam. Okay. So not only are you rolling around with just weed. At times, I was rolling around with weed, cocaine, ecstasy, crack, and a fucking, and, and a pistol. I used to carry a pistol. I mean, you know, once you start selling shit, you got to watch out for your back. People may try to come and attack. So that's like, you know, you got to watch your back. Don't try to come and attack or you may get nine shots put right in your back. White boy on the streets. No reason to react. No soul in my eyes and a soul I lack. A little freestyle for you there. Spit a couple verses from my song Stacks. Now I'm out spinning a couple of stacks. Washing my money down buying ghetto shacks. Money so large. Shipments coming by barge. Now I'm out spending a couple of racks. Washing my money down Mangata shacks. Mattress so packed with a few hundred stacks. And we used to put our money in mattresses and stuff hundreds of thousands of dollars in a mattress. I'll never forget when I was in the projects, 17 years old. Back in the 90, late 90s, 97, 98, 17, 18 years old, my boy Birdie, he was a big cocaine dealer. I ended up going up into his bedroom one night, and he had like 20 bricks up there, 20 plus bricks, cocaine, bricks or kilos. So I'm up in Birdie's bedroom, and he has his mattress tipped over and he's got a slit down the middle of the mattress in the middle of the mattress he and this motherfucker had 500,000 stashed in the mattress this isn't on a pro this is in the projects in like Aliquippa I mean like you never even suspect some motherfucking dude in a little apartment building Got $500,000 stashed in his mattress. But that's the life that I was living. So getting back to the project story now. 
I was like one of the only white boys that was allowed up there. Me and this dude, Harley. Harley ended up getting jumped one day. They didn't like him. They kicked him the fuck out of there. They beat the shit out of him, jumped his ass, took all his dope, robbed him for like a half a kilo of cocaine, almost killed him, shot him in like the side of the head, and fucking he never went back. Me... They tried fucking with me one time, the homies up there, but they knew that I had some fucking big brass balls, and I didn't play games. So, one day I'm up there, it was nighttime, I'm coming to get my, you know, I used to get a front. Birdie would front me. A front is when somebody gives you drugs, and you pay them back. So, I never had to pay for the cocaine right up front. Birdie knew I had plugs to white suburbia where I would distribute the cocaine to so in white suburbia I would distribute the cocaine now what I would do is I would end up getting my cocaine from Bertie and he would give it to me on a front and that's going to be the magic word of today front write that down don't forget it So he would front me and I would end up getting four. At the beginning, he started me out with like two ounces. Then he moved me up to four ounces, which is an eighthy. An eighthy is four and a half. They call it an eighthy. That's an eighth of a brick, four and a half ounces. Then from there, he would give me a quarter of a brick. 9 ounces, then a half of a brick, 18 ounces, eventually a brick's 36. So, you know, you work your trust up, you work your way up, you prove to the big guys that you can handle this amount of dope. And these guys are flying in, this is back in the 90s, they had people that worked at the airlines, and they had private planes, I mean, this was a big cocaine operation, Now, I could freely talk about this shit because this is all back in the day. I don't sell drugs no more, full disclosure. I don't sell nothing. I I live a mundane life. I'm a very ordinary dude anymore. Just got some fucking crazy life stories that I could freely talk about. Now, these guys, they all end up going down, okay? Like this whole crew, this whole cocaine crew that I'm talking about, they were a gang. They all ended up getting fucked up. They went down. They made some bad decisions. They fucked with some out-of-town people that ended up getting wrapped up in Florida. And that that Florida fucking dude took them all down. Birdie ended up spending 15 years in prison. 15 years in prison. Federal prison. He went in when his daughter was 3 years old. I'll never forget. When he got out. His daughter was 18, 15 years he spent in prison for selling cocaine. Now, he got away with it for years. He never even got a fucking traffic citation. And you want to know something? That if he would have just stuck to his fucking plan that he had, he had a fucking plan. He only fucked with his people from Atlanta. He had it all worked out. They used to fly the shit back with stewardess and shit on the airlines the stewardess would strap the cocaine to their thighs and they would be fucking flying it back. 
like the one Biggie song. You know, shorty strapping keys to her thighs. That's what they would do. These people got away with this for years and years and years. Making millions of dollars hustling cocaine. And if he would have just stuck to that plan, I mean, maybe eventually he would have got popped. I don't know. But, you know, he got popped because he diverted away from that plan. He ended up fucking with some strange white dude from fucking Florida. And that dude ended up setting him up, unfortunately. And he was like my brother. I mean, we got close. He was not only just my drug dealer. Birdie was a good kid. I mean, like, other than trying to make some money. I mean, and he made money. I mean, he showed me how to make money. And there was fucking lots of money to be made in cocaine. Now, I'm not condemning anybody. Or condoning is the word I want to use. I'm not condoning the sell of cocaine. I'm not saying that. Don't take that as that. Because you can make legal money in this world doing other things. Like selling real estate. You know, getting online, making an app. You know, doing whatever you it is that you do. You know, you don't need to sell drugs. I mean, drugs are only going to lead you down a fucked up path that's going to eventually put you in prison. And it can potentially put you in prison for an extremely long time that'll take you away from your fucking family and everybody you love. So if you are thinking about making that move, don't do it. Because I got popped. I got popped growing weed numerous times. And like, I got popped growing weed. And, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, but they fucked me up. And that, like, fucked my whole life up. Put me on, like, probation. Put me in prison. And then when I eventually got popped in the real big raid out in California, when I got raided by the DEA, they took my fucking kids. Yeah, I lost my kids. So these motherfuckers, they don't play. Like, that shit is fucked up. And what's even more fucked up was I had a fucking medical marijuana license. Like, I was legit. I mean, I had a had a doctor's excuse. It said right on the excuse, ninety nine plants. But did the DEA care? No, that was like during Obama's administration. And honestly, Obama had more drug raids for fucking weed than any other president, which is just crazy. But that's a real fact. Everybody got fucked up out there in California when Obama was president. I ain't saying nothing bad about Obama. I'm just saying that is a real fact. There was a lot of drug raids under his administration. I mean, and he acted like he was cool with the shit, but it actually wasn't. They were like, the the feds were just just coming down on people. Even his stupid Eric, uh, whatever, the a, um, the attorney general of the United States, Eric Shoulder, whatever the guy's name was. He was like, oh, we're not going to bother anybody growing medical marijuana that was a crock of shit look i had the medical shit i had it me my wife my crew we all had the shit we got bothered and so did like 500 500 other plus people in california that all had the medical shit there were so many fucking people that got fucked up with that it was crazy and that's a whole nother episode we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on that but let's just go back to the cocaine and me being in the projects 
It's 98. Harley just got jumped up there. He almost got killed. I'm like, damn, Bird, what happened to Harley, man? I'm trying, like, I don't know if I should come up there anymore. Hot dog, you're fine. Just come on. You're all right. You got my protection. You're good. You're good. So I was like, fuck it. All right, I'm going to come up there. I'm going to get my dope. So I rolled up there. And I was with my girl. um, Not my wife now, but another girlfriend that I had at the time. Her name um, was Amanda. Now, little Amanda, she was younger. She's a few years younger than me. I was like 18. She was probably like 16. And um, we rolled up there in the middle of the night. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I would always roll up there late. Birdie always made moves at night. Like For some reason, don't seem like drug dealers make moves in the daytime, which I honestly used to like fucking making moves in the daytime. I felt like it's safer sometimes but these motherfuckers always like to work at night so i rode up there and um i got out of the i got out of the car i used to drive a um little um mitsubishi eclipse little hot rod souped up turbo on it got out of the car you know made made my girl wait in the car all these homies were out there you know shooting dice in front of the fucking building they're all like oh what up dog i'm like what up dog you know i roll up and there ain't like birdies like inside his apartment building now i had to climb up like there ain't no elevator so i had to go up like four or five floors to get to where i was going so i have to go up these like fire escape shady fucking staircases in the projects i'm all by myself I don't got my piece. I don't got a strap on me at this time. I felt like I should have took it with me, but luckily I didn't because I'm going to get into what happened to me that day. So I'm like, you know, going rolling up the staircase. All these fucking fiends and shit are in the fucking staircase smoking crack and shit. I mean, I'm in the projects. This is fucked up shit. This ain't like, you know, these are people that don't give a fuck. These are fucking thugs and killers and drug dealers people that'll rob you and kill you for fucking twenty dollars i mean somebody fucking fiending for some crack they'll fucking you know they'll try to stick you up with a knife hit you over the head with a bottle pull a gun on you whatever try to take what's yours and smoke it i mean this is the type of people that i surrounded myself with at the time i ain't care i didn't give a fuck because i was making money big money now you remember how i told you i was making five thousand from two pounds of weed well when i started picking up a quarter of an eighth of a brick of cocaine i was making like fucking five to ten thousand an ounce so like i would break that shit down in the fucking grams i would cut that shit as i explained in my other episode so if i picked up you know four and a half ounces i cut that shit i make it nine ounces so right there i'm double my money so if i'm getting an a fee for like let's say 33 3200 three grand whatever i'm gonna instantly make six now because i just cut it that's just selling it bulk now once I break it down to the eight balls and teeners and grams, huh, I'm making like 
two, three thousand per ounce. So if you got nine of those, do the math. It's almost thirty thousand dollars, and that's in a week. So that is like way more money than the little four or five thousand dollars I was making on the marijuana. I mean, she still had weed. Of course, people want weed, but cocaine was where the money was. Now, let me get back to my story where I'm walking up the staircase alone at like one o'clock in the morning in the projects in El Equipa. And El Equipa, PA. If you don't know where it is, look it up. Highest crime rate place around next to like places in Pittsburgh. But El Equipa, they, they killed a cop down there. And they killed a cop. They shot him in his head. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So these motherfuckers don't care. The killer never got caught. He never got arrested. They still don't know who killed this um, officer Nime down there. God rest his soul. But, you know, they even have a conspiracy that the police were in on it. I mean, because so many of these people sold crack and coke in El Equipa and they got away with it because they were paying cops off. These motherfuckers were paying corrupt police off. There's a lot of corruption back down there in that time of the year, you know, this time of the, you know, era in the 90s. A lot of corruption, police corruption. And they cleaned up the shit, you know, eventually, but there's still some controversies that happened a few years ago. So I'm going up to the fucking. I'm going up through the staircase and I'm all alone. There's crack fiends sitting in there. Yo, yo, man, can I get like $5 off you? I'm like, nah, man, good. Yo, man, can I get white? Nah, man, I don't smoke. Man, you got, you, you got a dollar? What you mean? What you gonna do with a fucking dollar, dog? You know what I mean? Seriously, somebody gonna sell you a fucking, a little pebble? A little fucking crumble? I mean, come on, man. So that's the shit that, you know, you have to deal with. You're walking up there, you're all alone. Feels like something bad's gonna happen in any minute. Keep looking behind your shoulder. Looking behind your shoulder. That's the thing when you're selling drugs and you're selling cocaine, especially and crack, you always gotta look over your shoulder. So I finally make it up to like the fifth floor, sixth floor, where Birdie is, right? I'm like, Birdie, where are you at, dog? He's like non answering his phone. I'm starting to get paranoid now because, again, Harley. He just got jumped up here like a couple days ago and almost killed and his nine ounces of dope stolen. Now, not only like was I getting more dope, I had like six, seven thousand dollars on me that I owed Birdie. So I wasn't trying to be responsible for like that money coming up missing, you know, because then I may come up missing. So then all of a sudden. I mean, I'm trying to call him. I'm trying to call him. He ain't answering. This is when I had a, finally got a cell phone. Had a cricket. Back in the day, everybody got crickets. Because, you know, they was the cheap cell phones. And they, uh, like $30 for a month. Local calls. So anyways, I'm trying to fucking get a hold of Birdie. He ain't answering now. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Am I getting set up? You know what I mean? I start thinking crazy shit. Next thing you know, this motherfucker comes up from the shadows with a hood on he starts walking towards me big husky black dude with a hood on i'm like yo what up dog he's like what up i'm like all right well what's up 
He's like, I turn. I try and keep my eye on him. At the same time, I'm outside Birdie's door. I'm fucking knocking on his door now. I'm beating on his door like scared, dude. There's a big black dude with a hood coming towards me at one o'clock in the morning. This dude looks shady. Next thing you know, fucking this dude goes and pulls a fucking 40 ounce bottle out. 40 is a 40 ounce bottle. And he comes running at me like he's going to hit me over the head with the bottle. All of a sudden, Birdie opens up the door, sticks his head out. He's like, Gino, stop playing. I'm like, what? And you know this fool? Birdie's like, yeah, that's my boy Gino. Gino, stop playing. Gino's like, yeah, yeah, what shit, motherfucker? What you doing up here, boy? And I'm like, nah, man, just seeing Birdie. Gino's like, yo, yo, you got any money on you? And I'm like, shit, not for you, dog. But what would have happened if Birdie never opened up that door? Now, funny story is, it's not really funny, but this motherfucker tried playing games with me again at fucking the King's Restaurant, King's Family Restaurant, like, a couple weeks later. I'm meeting Birdie again. I owe him money, like six, $7,000. And I fucking pay him. We meet up in the King's parking lot. Birdie... Gets in my car. I pay Birdie. He gives me like. Eight nine more ounces of dope. Nine nine more ounces. A quarter kilo. Gives me nine more ounces of cocaine. I get the cocaine. He's like alright. I said bet. I'm like alright bet. Gets out of my car. I'm ready. Leave hurry all of a sudden. Gino. Same dude from the projects with the hood on. That tried almost hitting me over the head with the 40. Gets in the, the fucking passenger side seat. Right after Birdie gets out. Now I almost think these two may have had something planned here. Because this story is fucked up. And I still think about this till this day. She was like, dude, where you going? I'm like, I'm leaving, dude. What's up? He pulls a pistol out. And he puts the pistol to my head. Little like 22. Puts it to my head. He says, give me all your dope, white boy. And I looked at him. And I said, Gino. I said, you are going to have to fucking shoot me right now in this King's parking lot. Because I refuse to give you this dope. So I think that they were testing my... You know, my will. I really do believe they was testing my will. Because what would have happened if I would have gave him the dope? He would have took the dope, right? Acted like nothing. Got back in Birdie's car and drove off. And then I would have been like, Bird, your boy just robbed me. And then his dude would have been like, no, he's lying. And then I would have been fucking responsible for nine fucking ounces of cocaine. So... I was sweating my fucking armpits, what was coming down them, dude. I really felt like this dude was going to shoot me in my motherfucking head. But I thought to myself, well, if he shoots me, he's going to have to shoot me in the motherfucking King's parking lot. And he's going to go to prison. But at like 18 years old, 17 years old, I didn't value my life. That's the thing. I didn't give a fuck. All I cared about was the hustle.
See, your mentality changes when you get older, when you get a family, when you get a wife. I would never have pulled that shit now. First of all, I would never even be trying to sell drugs now. I would never want to jeopardize my life. I wouldn't want to go to prison. I wouldn't want to get killed. But these are the types of people that will fucking kill you. That will shoot you. So he's holding a gun to my head. I'm like, dog, you're going to have to kill me. you have to shoot me right now because I'm not giving you this dope. He didn't know what to say. He turned white like a ghost. He did not expect me to say what I said. He looks at me. He's fucking speechless. He puts the gun down after about 20 seconds. And he's like, white boy, you got balls. And he gets out of the car. Now, again, what the fuck would have happened if... I gave the dude the dope. He would have been gone. It would have been gone. And that front. I would have been responsible for. So. He leaves. I'm shaking. I'm fucking shaking. I just had a fucking pistol put to my head. I'm fucking shaking. I'm like dude. I need to start carrying a gun. And that's like when I fucking had to start figuring out where I could get a pistol at to carry a pistol to protect myself. Because these dudes were fucking fucking me around. And I needed to carry a strap. So I ended up getting a gun. And I had to carry a gun with me. And that was a whole nother charge if I would have got popped with drugs and a gun. I could have went away for a life. Now... I call Birdie. And I'm like, Birdie, Gino just pulled a fucking gun on me. Birdie's like, oh man, he played too much. What do you mean he played too much? Your boy just pulled a fucking gun on me. He played too much, dog. He played too much. Gino, you played too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell him I'm playing. Dude, what do you mean you're playing? You're, you're playing by... Trying to hit me over the head with a fucking 40 bottle like a week early. You're trying to play when you're sticking a gun to my head? Well, those were the people that I surrounded myself with. And I'm lucky to have gotten out of that game. So, it's rolling right up on the hour mark. And uh, I hope y'all enjoyed today's segment. And uh, got... I hope you got that word wrote down. And I want you to go listen to my music. Because not only do my podcast tell my life story, my music tells it too. So, now, you know, the boys, my children, obviously they didn't live through life like this. They got life pretty awesome. They're treated like princes. I mean... They have everything they want and more. And my wife, now she lived a tough life too. She come from a poor family. She was hustling drugs for a very long time. That's how I met her actually. And we'll pick back up on that story whenever I fucking get 
this next podcast going of how I met Mean Streak, and uh, it was over a uh, it was over a drug deal. <laughs> so, bottom line, but I'm kind of airing all my dirty laundry out. So I want y'all to understand that again, this is all past shit. No one sells drugs here no more. No one's doing anything illegal. So if anybody's like, oh, this motherfucker's stupid. He's saying this and that. He's going to get in trouble. I ain't going to get in any trouble. Because I don't do nothing illegal anymore. I live a legal life. I run a company. I live a legal life. I don't fucking hang with nobody shady. All my boys were... They gone down. They went to prison. You know? Gino, he ain't even around. He, he served like four or five years in the penitentiary he got wrapped up on gun charges birdie did 15 i mean you know fucking so these dudes they're not even around no more i would never fuck with drugs no more i learned my lesson after i got raided by the feds that was a real wide opening awakening for me i should have got awake after i got a fucking gun stuck to my head right but I kept going back. So I kept going back because I was making money. I'm making 30000 40000 a week. A fucking week. That's a lot of money when you're 18, right? 19, 18, 19, 17. I mean, I'm buying fucking shoes. I'm buying nice Gucci clothes. Louis V shit. I'm taking girls places. I'm going to Atlantic City gambling. So. That's like where all my money got spent. On girls. (laughs) And like fucking nice clothes. And I used to like playing cards and dice. So. Played a whole lot of cards and dice. And um, I used to get away with gambling in AC. That's Atlantic City. They would let me gamble up there at like 19, 20 years old. Never even carded me. You know, just let me come into the casino and fucking play. I'm sure if I ever hit anything big, they'd probably, I would probably have been fucked because, you know, they would have needed to see some ID. But I did have a fake ID too. So. You know, that was, you know, parts of my life that sometimes I think about and I think like, damn, I could have died that day. Could have died that day. Gino pulled a gun on me. Could have died. Could have fucking pulled the trigger and took the dope. But I think it was just a test. It was all a test. And that's where I'm going to leave off at today is... Through life, and I always try to give these like little Confucius fucking thoughts at the end of my podcast. Through life, people and things will test you. You will be tested. Maybe you've already been tested. But you have to know when to step away from the test. If your life is in jeopardy, the test doesn't really matter. Your pride, your dignity, your pride and your dignity and your integrity 
Sometimes you just may need to put it aside. If your life is in jeopardy, fuck the test. But if you're young and you're listening to these podcasts, you will be tested through your life. Life is full of test. Whether it's in school with a girl at home on the streets, just make the right decisions and stay away from the bad crowd. Stay away from the people that are going to take you down. Surround yourself with good people and give good karma and good karma will come back. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Cold Case Files, the father of the IRA family, Irish Rapping Americans. And go listen to our music. Peace out.